Morning, handsome. Coming at you from Handsome Headquarters in sunny Oakland, California, I'm Lee Singer Golden, and this is your Morning Handsome. Brought to you by LiberalGuiltRadio.org and MorningHandsome.com. We're joined in the studio today by my two illustrious co-hosts, Hundro Ambrose. Good morning, handsome. Morning, handsome. And Caleb Hoffert. Morning, handsome. Morning, handsome. We got a lot to talk about on the show today, boys. Millions of Apple products mourned their own father's passing by sending us humans eerie news alerts of Steve Jobs' death. The U.S. Justice Department says, yep, we can kill our own citizens in other countries without trials. Wall Street occupation. They demand Jubilee. Not the X-Men character, but the forgiveness of debt. All this and more brought to you by the handsomest team in podcasting. Team Handsome, that's us. How you doing, boys? Feeling quite handsome this morning. Yeah? You feeling handsome, Caleb? How about you, Hondro? You feeling handsome? I feel handsome every day, Lee. Oh, okay. I mean, I... I, I, I... It's a rhetorical question. Right, so you don't feel like you need to turn on the handsome when you come on to handsome. You no, feel sometimes like I like to turn up. This is just the part of the week where your handsome is best captured. Yeah, sometimes I like to turn up the handsome. That's about it. Uh... Here on Morning Handsome, we turn up our handsome to 11. That's right. Our handsome actually goes higher than our amps. So uh, you're actually kind of getting jipped on handsome right now. You could be getting more handsome out of your earwaves uh, that are coming at your ears. But our technology really can't capture just how handsome we really are. Yeah, right now they're getting a lot of handsome feedback. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, Lee, if you're a real handsome hipster, you paint the 11 onto your amp. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> no, you tattoo it onto your amp because it's always better to be cut. Those, those only for, that's only for real hipster handsomes. Real hipster handsomes. handsomes. You know, the problem with hipsters... <laughs> Say that ten times fast without barbing. The problem with hipsters in Oakland, I always notice, is that they're all overweight. Yeah. Um, and, and they're and over here. And I, I mean, I, That's because they can't afford Coke. Ah, yes. <laughs> and they move to East Bay. Well, I think it's more like they have children and then they can't do the Coke at home anymore. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, I just notice there's all these like, um, you know, overweight middle-aged people that are they're clinging on to their hipsterness, bulging out of their jeans and tight plaid t-shirts. And, yeah. uh, you know, you see that they roll up their, you know, they cuff their jeans with their converse and yet their cankles are peeking out. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really quite frightening. It's just so strange to see like real, real punk people as adults with kids. And in Oakland, you see a lot of that, you know, this is kind of like, this is like, it's like, it, it, it's, it's punk suburbia. Like to them, this is like a nice place to move from wherever they were before, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, this... it's where Green Day goes to die. <laughs> Yeah, and to live forever. The Valhalla of punk. (laughs) I think that makes it sound a lot more epic and and amazing than it really is. Yeah, probably. I bet before each concert, like he, uh, Billy Joe from from Green Day, he just does the speech from Gladiator where he he talks to his troops about how he'll see them all in Elysium. Oh, I thought he just injected himself with formaldehyde. (laughs) Yeah. I think of it more like a Wagner play with like... (laughs) The Berkeley Hills, like Valhalla, rising up out of the sand <laughs> and the death of the gods in the twilight. Mm, yeah. You know, I actually just found out, I was looking through this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, speaking of the hills around here, I, I was looking through this book of um, old photographs of Oakland. And um, Oakland used to be the place where people who wanted to get away from the sleaziness of San Francisco and they wanted to raise their family, they, they came over here. And actually, this neighborhood that we're in right now, the Lake Merritt neighborhood, was where all the Richies came and built their nice kind of uh, Victorian-style houses here. 
Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's very true. Mm-hmm. And now um, the pizza guy gets carjacked in this neighborhood. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and Caleb has to help him out because he doesn't well, speak English. Yeah, while while on uh, illegal substances. Oh, well, Oakland yeah. does. Oakland used to be the largest coastal grove of oak trees in, mm-hmm. in California. This right? used to be oak groves as far as the eye could see. It was actually on the books that you could not molest a oak tree. <laughs> <laughs> you could, in Oakland, you could not molest an oak tree. But at some point, did, they figured did it, that. Did it give specific guidelines of what molestation of an oak tree looks like? Yeah. Well, no. yes, it described nodding in detail. <laughs> Yeah. You better not touch those fucking acorns, pervert. Yeah. <laughs> Pitching acorns has a whole new meaning. You better not molest those oak nuts. <laughs> you better not stroke that oak shaft. All right. Also, first high school in California started in Oakland, California. I learned three things from that book. One, the first thing I said. Two, the second thing I just said. And three, the, I don't really want to buy this book. Well, I guess you could say that reading is fundamental. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is a fundamental. <laughs> so is it? Is it? Is it reading? The look of disgust on Hanji's face. And arithmetic is arithmetic the third fundamental. So Steve no, I Jobs. Think it's, I think it's dribbling. It's dribbling. <laughs> Does that mean drooling in class or playing sports outside of class? <laughs> dribbling. Steve Jobs died. Mm-hmm. That's what your phone probably told you. Is, wasn't that really creepy? Did you? Do you I mean, are you no. Like, the first thing I heard about it was Lee texting me, mm-hmm. and the text message was, and I quote, "Steve!" Exclamation point! Exclamation point! <laughs> exclamation point! Steve was, of course, spelled with four e's. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> that was him actually texting because he was on his knees saying, "Steve!" I got it. I got completely where he was, and I said. And my response was, my response as soon as I found out was, was equally no. Like, and on my knees, no. <laughs> yeah, you said no like Darth Vader in episode three. Like, he was alive when I saw him. No. Yes, and then I crushed my iMac with the power of my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I was, I was notified by my um, iPhone that Steve Jobs had passed. And... Um, it was it was really eerie. It was like a it was like a sad robot telling me that its own father had died. It, it would have been like if Data had you know come into Picard's ready room and you know had had to cry and tell Picard that you know Doctor Soong or whatever was dead. This is what Wait, it sounds happened. like when phones cry. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That was beautiful. <laughs> and after like a day of mourning for Steve Jobs, when I came home, like my iPad was like asleep in my bed like it was my <laughs> wife and then when I opened up the cover it was like Steve Jobs is dead and I was like I know honey let's go to sleep <laughs> we'll talk about it in the morning <laughs> so uncomfortable right now yeah actually I just I think that my testes just retreated into my body oh yeah a little part of my inner child died just now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my soul feels a little a little more empty but we'll do. We'll come back to that in a bit because because there's a lot of Apple stuff going on. The new iPhone's coming out, and it's coming at me next week. It's going to be delivered to my house, and uh, also we're going to talk about the top five Apple designs as a, our tribute to Steve. But there's a lot of other stuff going on in the world, isn't there, guys? Well, I, oh, so you want to move on? I heard. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, I heard that too. I, I mean, I was so transfixed by Apple that I was unable to uproot myself. Oh uh, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I I. Uh, I heard that the, uh, I don't know, I just, 
<laughs> I heard that too. Um, I don't know. I, okay, uh, Jer- Jerry Brown signed into law the Dream Act, uh, allowing immigrants to uh, apply. Dream. And they can dream. They now. can dream now. That's legal. Um, no more dream raids. No okay. more uh, dream, <laughs> no more dream, dream Nazis. <laughs> so you're saying that like IMF people just like come into like uh, the dreams uh-huh. of immigrants. Exactly. Like, hey, wake up! <laughs> like in that movie Dreamscape. Yeah, back in the eighties. Oh, okay. I want to build a fence of dream catchers across the border <laughs> and catch their dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I won't have in their dreams tainting our good American dream. <laughs> our dreams of money and pussy. The, the, and that's what I do. The real I threat. The real threat to the future of America is illegal dreams. <laughs> and we want people in this country dreaming in English. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, that just that just put a silence in the room. Sometimes I like to dream in languages I don't speak. Yeah. Yeah, that's illegal. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You probably, we're going to have to cut that out just to, to keep the federales off you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Los federales. Los federales. Sí. No, the, you know, the Dream Act thing is kind of interesting. You know, even as somebody who I would say I personally has a definitely a liberal, ten, a liberal lean to my politics, uh-huh. I find the Dream Act to be a little a little conflicting for me, mm. those kind of things. I mean, I do think that um, we should reform our inter- immigration policy, but I don't necessarily think we should... Um, you know, utilize additional public resources um, to support uh, illegal immigrants unless there's a better means in which to do it. Because I don't think it's actually, you know, I think that it, it, it doesn't it doesn't have the impact, mm. you know what I mean, that you want it to. Because most of these kids, you know, they're, they're already citizens anyway. Their parents came over and they had kids mm-hmm. here and the kids are citizens. And the problem is, mm-hmm. you know, that we're threatening to p- deport the parents. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. With the kids that are citizens. Well, yeah, but we'll, we'll then give them $1,000 uh, every three months so that they can go to college. So we, obviously that seems like a fair trade. You don't need your parents. We all know that kids aren't the problem. <laughs> parents are the problem. I was, I was joking. No, okay. I mean, and I, really, I really actually enjoyed your salient point that, that no, I mean, I think it's totally yeah. true. It's, it's, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think I it's actually a weird ba- It's a weird Band-Aid that yeah. doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really, not going to really do anything but, but inflame passions. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just fascinating to me because I, I I think that it's one of those one of those areas where I could see why it's a progressive um, it's a progressive issue, but I don't actually agree with it, and I, it's always startling for me to feel that I'm not progressive. And and on top of that, I feel like this state. I remember going back to college and getting my state uh, you know state aid, and it was like two hundred bucks or something. It was some completely useless amount yeah. of money. Mm-hmm. The only way I got through college was with federal grants. So mm-hmm. if they're still not able to get those. What what good is it really going to? How, yes. how much help is it going to give? Without them? Los Federales, how yes. could you have gotten through? <laughs> <laughs> Not the same thing, though. Uh, you called them the same thing. Speaking right? of Los Federales, I hear they uh, they went through and uh, destroyed some dispensaries recently. Well, they they're oh, destroying yeah. them, but, but mm. so I guess the Obama administration shut them down, though. Mm-hmm. Well, they they sent some cease and desist orders to about thirty six dispensaries in San Diego. That's for um, you in the audience. An order which asks the <laughs> recipient of the order to cease and desist uh, what is being done. Thank you for that excellent explanation. You're welcome. That's why I'm here. You do such a wonderful yeah. job. You, keep, you really <laughs> okay. keep us on track. Yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back on track. <laughs> anyway, so I guess the, the real story is that the, the Justice Department and Mr. Eric Holder, the Attorney General, has been shifting course from you know the decree of two years ago that the administration was not going to place a high priority on the criminalization of marijuana and they were going to somewhat respect individual state statutes that would legalize medical marijuana within the state. 
And now the administration, or at least the Attorney General, has decided that, you know, in certain cases, that this policy, that their policies um, at the state level do conflict with federal law and are therefore um, objectionable and criminal under federal statute. So... So there's no more hope for dope, is yep. basically what That's they're what saying. saying. Um, Mr. Obama, how, how do you respond to this flip-flopping of your administration? Oh, you know, we actually, we do have Obama in the studio. I do want to give him, like, a, a proper introduction. So Fair we'll bring enough. back B-Rock. Um, oh, no, not like that. Okay. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll give him a, a, proper, um, a proper introduction. So why don't we do that? Why don't we go to, ba- uh, go to break, rather. We'll go to bait, and we will go to break. Yeah. And when we come we're back. Gonna, we're going to bait on break. We're going to bait on break, okay? When we come back from break, we're going to ask Obama uh, about this flip-flop and whether or not there is hope for dope here on Morning Handsome. Welcome back to Morning Handsome. I'm here, Caleb Hofford, with uh, our co-hosts, Hanjaro Ambrose, and uh, I'm here to bring back Mr. Barack Obama, the 44th president of the United States of America. Uh, hey, Caleb. Hey, Hondro. Uh, it's good to see you. Good to be here uh, in Oakland, California. Uh, it's, a, it's a city uh, that has a lot of history and beauty and uh, great people, and I'm happy to be here on Morning Handsome. Well, welcome back, sir. Uh, we're, we're always happy to have the president visit us here in Handsome Headquarters. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh, I, I want to hand it over to uh, my co-host, Hondro Ambrose, here, who has a couple of questions for you, sir, if you'd be so kind. Thank you, Mr. Hoffert, and thank you, Mr. President, for your generous time. Hey, no problem. Today, I was hoping to ask you a few questions about the recent turn of uh, the policy of the Attorney General's Office Uh towards medical marijuana in states around the country, especially uh, in California. Okay. It seems that during the the beginning of your administration, you had released a memo stating that the criminalization of medical marijuana at the federal level was not going to be placed at a high priority. But recently, the Attorney General's Office... In particular, uh, Attorney General Eric Holder has sent uh, letters to numerous dispensaries in the state of California seeming to reverse this position. What are your comments? Uh, Look, there's hope for dope. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I I believe that marijuana uh, has uses uh, that are positive for our society. Uh, But when you got a a doctor, uh, you know, who's right next door, uh, uh, a Dr. Toke. I hear there's a Dr. Toke, and he's right next door. Uh, to a, a place that's selling wheat, that doesn't sound like medicine. That sounds like business. And the, the, the same thing we're trying to do here with the weed, with the dope, is the same thing we're trying to do, uh, you know, with, with universe or with doing the healthcare uh, overhaul, is we want to make sure that uh, medicine uh, is medicine and business is business. Because I think that when you get the two guys dancing in the pale moonlight, you got, you know, the Joker uh, dancing with poison ivy, and uh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be a Joel Schumacher Batman uh, instead of a Christopher Nolan Batman. Mr. President, are you suggesting that Batman should be utilized to confront the drug problem in the United States? I'm suggesting that he already is. Uh, Look, you you guys don't really know what's going on in law enforcement, okay? As the president, you see a lot of things that, that most people don't see. You see that there really is Batman, okay? There's a real Batman. There's a real Batcave, okay? I won't tell you who Batman is. I mean, the, the, the thing that's fake is Bruce Wayne. There is no Bruce Wayne, okay? There's a real man out there who's Batman, and he's helping us uh, fight the war on drugs, okay? I get a little emotional Mr. when I talk about this because I, just, I, don't, I don't want his identity to be revealed because then the people he loves won't be safe. 
Mr. President, how do you uh, confront allegations that for most of your term in office you have sucked? And now, only seeming, you know, as the, as the campaign season seems to ramp up again, that you've actually started to have anything to say at all. Uh, look, how do you deal with allegations and no one listens to this fucking show? I mean, let, let's, as a politician, I'm going to answer your question with the question, son. Okay? Now let's get back to talking about the dope. Thank you, Mr. President. That's all the time we have. Good. Thank That's you. all the time I got for this shit, too. Thank you so much, Mr. President. Always a pleasure. You're a gentleman and a scholar. We'll be right back here on Morning Handsome. Do you guys have any weed? I, I could go for some right now. <laughs> It's always good to see uh, when something that is, you know, just not making it anymore, something that needs a little bit of a boost, gets that boost. And it seems like that's happening in New York. They are turning an old derelict rail, raised rail area into a park. And I hear it's pretty great. Uh, Hondra, you were there um, when they were doing some of the construction. Uh, what's this park like? Well, it's, I don't think it's finished yet, but it's actually an above ground subway line. Part of the old, the old uh, love thing, mm-hmm. and uh, which is kind of funny, so. anyway. So, but they, yeah. So they have these above ground train lines, and they run for years, and they've been, you know, so they're, they're basically turning it into a, a, a love ground park. Well, and they, and they had a bunch of grass and, and uh, things growing on yeah, it anyway. They were already, right? yeah. they were already totally. Yeah. Anyway, and so basically, it's like a walking path, uh, and it runs. Yeah, I saw I saw a picture from above. It's already pretty long. Uh, They're going section by section. I think they've done two or three sections. Um, but it's really cool. It's like an ecological project, and, and supposedly you can build a bike ride right through it as well. Um, although I, I, I'm not sure about that, uh, but I, I agree. It, it, it looks. Like, yeah. It's like Secret Garden. Yeah, it absolutely. Looks, it looks like something. Yeah, and it's high enough above that it's really—it's a lot. It's, you get a lot of uh, the street-level noises dies down, so it seems very, uh, very peaceful and a world apart. So you're actually on the elevated rail mm-hmm. area in the park. Well, the, park really cool. is the park is basically yeah. tracks. Mm-hmm. That's just like That's a really giant cool. bridge yeah. park that runs through. Because they're quite wide. There were, you know, there were two tracks next to each other, and so they were. Mm, yeah, exactly. So there was, you know, they were a good ten or fifteen feet wide. More. Yeah, it's probably more. It's actually quite. Okay. Yeah. 20 feet. This is great because, you know, everything I know about New York, I basically got from Muppets Take Manhattan and Grand Theft Auto Free. So anything like this where I can really learn about what the real New York is like, it really is kind of educational for me. Speaking of Muppets, can I get a shout out for the great Muppet caper? Okay, mm. possibly the greatest Muppet movie of Fantastic all time. Fantastic movie. Always forgotten. Uh, you yeah. know, 1984. It was a great solid caper and, and it was very great. Yeah. The- There's a new Muppet movie coming out that's going to be pretty awesome. And the Schwartz, the Schwartzman, the Schwartzman's movie of Muppets. Is wait, who, what is who's, this? who's Schwartzman? Schwartzman? Oh, Jason. yeah, he's in it. Well, he is a Muppet, but what's wait, no, point? wait, who? <laughs> <laughs> Jason Schwartzman isn't in this. I'm pretty sure he is a Muppet, though. He is a Muppet. Is, oh, the real guy? Yes, the real Obviously. guy is a Muppet. Oh, okay. He's made of felt. Okay. So, so Lee, you know, you mentioned before the break last that you had gone ahead and ordered an iPhone. Uh, 4S. Yeah, I did. I did. I got the the new iPhone 
S, which is the newest iteration of the, the hit touch phone, um, is uh, coming out next week. Pre-orders happened on Friday, uh, October 7th, and they're coming out on the, the 14th. One is being delivered to me. Um, so I'm going to get it, and uh, I'll tell you all about the new iPhone when it comes. It looks like the same old iPhone, but it's faster and, oh, and better. Oh, I'm really excited to hear, have you talk to me about your iPhone, Lee. I'm, I'm going to yeah. probably <laughs> lose sleep waiting for that day to come. But that actually being said, you know, we originally, you know, the day it came, the day they made the announcement, which I kind of was, you know, I think a lot of people were really uh, surprised that they didn't announce that they were making an iPhone 5. You know, that was a major upgrade to the product line. I, for one, was kind of on the side that thought they were going to keep to their original product cycling, where they've been releasing, you know, uh, an updated version every two product cycles yeah. and a, uh, a, a an enhanced product every other product cycle. So at any rate, you know, you had said you weren't going to order it. You had expressed real venomous. I was, you were so disappointed. You were, you know, you were sick of iPhone. You were going to get a droid. Mm-hmm. You were going to switch. <laughs> you were going to switch from the, the computer yeah. on the you ship of the Star Trek Enterprise and I'm not talking about the original series, I'm talking about the next generation, uh-huh. to R2-D2. Yeah, I was really just like, I was, because they, they took, not only did they went like, go longer than the year cycle, but there was just like a lot of buzz that they were going to do like a major upgrade. And they are going to do, you know, a, a major upgrade to the inside of it. I guess it was just the outside that I was more worried about. I was like, wait, I don't get to have a new thing that looks better than the last year's thing. But then... A friend of mine, Kirk, came over to me, and he he had worked with Steve Jobs uh, on the iPod, one of the iPod iterations. I think it was like the the ones that were like multicolored. And he was like, "What what really more do you want out of this design?" And he like pulled out the last year's phone and like the iPhone four and put it on my desk. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. This is this is great." <laughs> so I like I, I like how this it. argument had nothing to do with any interaction that you had at Apple, but rather just on his completely logical state of saying, "Hey." What really are you looking for? I mean, I think that, I think that, the, you know, it's like, what, what, I don't understand really in a form factor what more I'm looking for. I mean, it, yes, once it can be like credit card thin, mm-hmm. I can, it, can, it can spit toilet paper out of its end if I ever am in an emergency. You know what I mean? It can fly. Then, yeah, I mean, like, you know. Then I'm, I'm that sounds dangerous. I, I, self, people already lose their cell phones and they just fall to the ground. Just imagine you, a flying cell phone. What if you could summon it back? <laughs> like Harry Potter? Yes, like Axio cell phone. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's like that's the, the the cell phone is our little wand. It's the cast of our little spells, our little apps, okay. our, our spells. And I hear that there's this new app called iNap that you were telling me about, Caleb. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, there is a new app called iNap. Uh, basically, you know, ever who hasn't fallen asleep on the train um, and missed their stop? I for one haven't, but I'm better than most human beings. Um, that happened to me, and then the stop I got off that was the stop where that guy got shot on New Year's on BART. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you in particular needed to worry about that happening to you. Um, the, well, this is this is audio only, so they don't really know what that means. But I, I think they can hear how white you are. Very... <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to Barack Obama, who we just had in the studio, who is yeah. not. No, no, not really. There's not a coffee-colored molecule in your body, my friend. <laughs> I'm a pretty decent blues guitarist. I'm an intermediate blues guitarist. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, tell us more about it. Uh, so anyway, basically what it is, uh, you can uh, tell it what station you want to wake up at. It will follow you uh, via GPS, assuming you have signal, and then wake you up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's of course the caveat. What if you're in a subway? How useful is that? Um, but, uh, but yeah, then it'll, it'll do an alarm uh, right before your, your stop. That's cool. 
Get it if you need that. <laughs> yeah. If that's if that's a problem, if, no, for good for narcolepti- narcoleptics everywhere. Also, I suggest uh, the app Wolfenstein 3D, <laughs> which is the classic game Wolfenstein. Yeah, except totally cutting edge on your phone. Yeah. Mm. I like, how I like how they say it's 3D now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was supposedly 3D then, even when it wasn't 3D. But here's the thing: if, if I love isometric drawings, <laughs> if you're falling asleep on, if you're falling asleep on Bart, then just like download Wolfenstein and just play Wolfenstein. It'll keep you up because it's a terrifying game where Nazi dogs try to kill you while you wander around in concentration camp castle. And now my favorite, my new favorite nap, Wolfenstein nap. <laughs> <laughs> Where whenever you fall asleep, zombies Zombie attack, you attack you in your sleep. <laughs> but only if they're Dream Act approved zombie yes. Nazis. <laughs> I was just going to say, only if they're white Nazis and Nazis that speak English. We can't have any foreign Nazis, or as long as they're citizen Nazis. I guess that's what really matters. You know, as long as they're citizens and they pay taxes. In the Kurt Vonnegut novel, Mother Night, there's actually a black Nazi. They call him, they call him like the Harlem, or the Hitler of Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Kurt Vonnegut's so good. He's such a good writer. <laughs> That's some deep social commentary right there, Kurt. And they, they show him in the movie. I mean, in the book, it's crazy enough. But then in a, in the movie, when you just see oh, like God. this black guy like wearing a Nazi outfit, you're just like, "That's that's great. That's great costume design and casting." <laughs> you look great, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> oh, I would love to see it. That if the actual uniform, if it was just reverse reverse chromatic, so that you know how uh, it was a bunch of Aryan white guys wearing black oh. uniforms. If it was like a deep sick. black guy with a white Nazi uniform, yeah. it'd be Ooh. sick. Ooh, yeah. I, I always wanted to see the movie Glory remade, uh, you know, with just like the same cast, but from the conservative, you know, from the Confederate side. Where it's just like a bunch, a bunch of, of black guys join the Confederate army. Yeah, where it's just the Confederate as the only black troop in the Confederate army, and the story of their eventual demise at the hands of the Union. At the hands of the Confederacy. <laughs> you know, there's so much Nazi porn out there. Like, I'm surprised that there's not more plantation porn. I really am. Yeah, I, mean, I often yeah, wonder. I kind of am too, but uh, why that's did you also say terrible that recording? Is what you're saying. Yeah. So um, they're making more Simpsons. They're, Simpsons is going to go to a 25th yeah. year. Oh man! I think they're in their like 20 23rd, yeah. and then they just signed a contract. Like great reductions uh, to the cast. Damn it! Um, damn it! Mm-hmm. Damn it! Yes. Well, I mean, like when they. They said they were going to cancel The Simpsons. It was the first time I had been excited about The Simpsons in years. <laughs> oh. I mean, it had been like a decade since I even cared. It's like it, it, it was like they were threatening divorce, and you're like, oh, all of a sudden you're hot again. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you never looked so good, Simpsons, <laughs> mm-hmm. when I knew until I thought you were going to end, and now I fucking couldn't care less again. But isn't it going to be the first scripted television program to go into a quarter century? I mean, is that that's like what it, what they're saying that it's going to be the first scripted show to go mm-hmm. for twenty five years. What like, does that say about? I guess the, I guess it had to be primetime show because, like you know, the the uh, um, uh, what are those the soap operas? They've gone on long. Yeah, ago. but like those that they're not prime time, so I guess they don't get counted as real real television. <laughs> I mean, it's true. There's like <laughs> yes, a, there's right? like a there's like a, a, a different like <clears throat> level of criticism levied upon daytime and, wow. and evening you know, time shows. You know what? Thinking about the straciations of awards at the daytime Emmys, <laughs> man, it, it almost gets me hard. I'm so excited. I, uh... Daytime Emmys. To real Emmys as Special Olympics are to real Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the special Emmy Award goes to some shitty show that only people who aren't employed watch. <laughs> Speaking of, unemployment is like is like at a solid nine point something, but I think it was um, nine point one. Nine point one. And that and yet uh, you know, corporate sector, private sector added a lot of jobs this this uh, this this reporting period of them. Seven thousand jobs is not it's a not lot. A lot. Of jobs. That's more jobs than I have. Okay. I only have one job. And that's hundred and seven thousand times more than the and one job I have. And that's why I said you don't have a single chocolate molecule in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I also enjoy the works of No, I don't actually enjoy that. Never mind. I thought I had a, a second chocolate ah. molecule. I apologize. You're right. I only have one chocolate molecule. And it's like, and it's it's a bittersweet chocolate at best. It's that's a cooking a, it's chocolate. It's a milk chocolate. <laughs> that's a, okay, that's right. it's white chocolate actually. Yeah. Yeah, no one's favorite chocolate. I don't trust anyone who's like, oh, I really like white chocolate. Like, I don't really. You're the kind of person that really likes decaf too, you know? <laughs> Pussies. <laughs> well, I was disappointed about that Apple speech thing going totally transitioning back because I felt like they were supposed to announce a whole slew of new product stuff. And that they didn't announce Jack or Squat. And yeah. I actually think that that is one of the first signs that Steve Jobs has, be has, has, been, has been... Yeah, it will be sorely missed. Because he's been absent from that company for the most of the year now. And uh-huh. the result has been at the end of the year that nothing interesting or unique has happened. And yep. I mean, like, it's, it's just... You know, I wonder... It, we're going to see, you know, in the coming years whether his genius was really that, that profound. Whether, whether yeah. his impact was really so dominating mm-hmm. well let's talk about uh, we, i want to do a top five today we're gonna to do top five uh, apple designs you know designs that really um you know change the way we use computers or um you know change the way we lived our lives and i feel like there's there's a lot of them that did that yeah. and um you know instead a lot of shows like to do like a top five that's already worked out something that i want to try here on morning handsome is just like let's just let's hash it out together let's discuss what this top five are and solidify yeah. it um, I'm going to put into the ring just to start the Macintosh. The mm-hmm. first Macintosh yeah, computer. Of course. I don't know where it is on the ranking. It might be number one, might be number five, might be between, but I think that that was just a pretty incredible <laughs> machine. Well, it's interesting because, uh, I mean, are we ranking them by the impact they've had? Um, yeah, I don't if that's know. the that case, that's hard. hard. Yeah, no, I yeah. feel like we should, I think it can be a little more personal. I mean, like, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it, it can Which be one did more... you enjoy using the most? Which one changed your life the most? Let's just kind of put it in context. Well, I mean, like, iPod. Yeah, I would say iPod. Yeah, um, iPod. Fall of 2003 or something that that first iPod came out. Mm-hmm. Fall of 2002 sure. that that first iPod came out. I mean, yeah. that was a revolutionary device. Mm-hmm. IPod. I mean, being able to carry Absolutely. your music around. Um, it, you know, it, it was it was a block. You know, it, it was like a self-defense device. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, it was and that pretty... first one had that weird wheel that actually mm-hmm. is kind of cool. I kind of yeah. missed that first wheel, but it didn't really work. Totally. It was like an actual physical wheel on the the iPod. Yeah. It, it was it was a pretty great invention. And that incessant clicking noise. It has yeah. solidified your ability to utilize an MP3 library, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. for a couple of years previous to that, you know, I had been collecting MP3s on my computer. Yep. Had to mm-hmm. burn CDs or mm-hmm. carry yep. around a personal CD player, which was always stupid because it skipped or it scratched mm-hmm. or you know you would. And the mini discs were pretty shitty too. A lot of people yeah. had yeah. real music enthusiasts who went to a lot of concerts, did a lot of bootlegging and stuff. Yeah. They had the mm-hmm. mini discs, and those were sick actually. Yeah, those yeah. were cool. They I had, gotta say, I had a mini disc player. It was pretty sick. I did too. I had a crappy like hand me down one, so yeah. I don't have a, any good things to say about it necessarily. But that's not the mini disc technology. That was my particular shitty one that mm-hmm. I had. But now it's that mini disc is obsolete, of course, because of the mm-hmm. the, I, the iPod. And the iPod was what actually convert uh, converted me rather into a Mac user. I was like. 
as a kid, I fucking hated Max. I thought that they were the lamest, stupidest shit. I was PC all the way. Like, I thought that, like, a, a PC was like, a, you know, like an American, like, muscle car that you could open up and, like, upgrade and do what you want to it and like to me max were like jaguars that were like you know just for richies and you couldn't uh, you know do anything to them and they broke down all the time and like a virus on my computer itunes and the the ipod converted me over it was like i had to when i got the the ipod video i had to convert from winamp to itunes and i was like oh i like this better and now i have so much max shit i i feel i feel like i the ipod kind of brought uh the portable digital devices to the masses whereas before it was a more of a subset you'd have your pda you know it'd probably be a guy a business guy or something like that but the 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 limit the range of devices was um was much smaller and um and they cost a lot more and people just didn't buy them when the ipod came out everyone saw immediately oh this is great i'm going to use this all the time and i think it really opened the way for people being comfortable carrying that kind of uh, device around not quite true though because the first Mm. edition ipod really didn't sell very well um, hmm. The original okay. iPod didn't really sell that well. It took a long time for it to build. Um, yeah. I didn't but, get it for another couple years yeah, after that. Yeah, it, it took a mm-hmm. while. But, I mean, so, you know, in the lineage of, like, great fucking uh, computers or electronic devices that Apple has released, I would say the uh, PowerBook Wall Street, which mm-hmm. was the first edition of the black, the black one, Apple PowerBook mm-hmm. that is made famous in countless films throughout history. They had some of the best product placement for that thing ever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's iconic, square, kind of molded frame. It was black. It was made out of the same um, uh, industrial hardened rubber that they use in football helmets. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, Motorola made their phones out of for years. And it's, it's, like, almost indestructible. It was uh, completely – you could take it apart in minutes and replace any of the components. You could feel field strip the, like, the thing. I mean, it was incredible. Um yeah, it was like the Beretta of the computer world. <laughs> can, we talk about, can we talk about how their marketing really made – made their these products successful i mean it's kind of impre- impressive yeah i mean to some just extent, even just the pl- product placement that you mentioned you know not even just their direct ad campaigns but even mm-hmm. even just their intelligence and uh well they haven't you know it's like they didn't really start computers until they exploded on these small mm-hmm. electronic devices you know it's mm-hmm. in the eye it's just like lee's story everybody's story mm-hmm. is that they got an ipod mm-hmm. they got an iphone you know what I mean? And mil- something millions of yeah. people mm-hmm. had Apple devices in their hands, and they were like, "Oh, Apple devices rock! We'll buy an Apple computer." Mm-hmm. And right. that's where these things started. Because if, if you look at like their computer sales, they really didn't really they didn't start to skyrocket until of late. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's it, you know I mean, but some of these products like you know they, they probably didn't make they probably made hundreds of thousands of these these computers. Let's be real, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, at least the first editions of these, and uh, they were. They were amazing. You know, they were awesome things. And they, they kept upgrading them, but the, the structure, like, you know, of it was so solid that they could use it for years and keep upgrading the components to go in it. Yeah. Um, and that was always really cool. So. Yeah, and it really, that, that was, the, that was like the first really solid, um, portable mac because um you know the they had the the newton or something like that was oh, kind of like wait wait, wait. <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves because i really like to do the worst five okay yeah and we can't okay. really get to newton until we get but to now newton. like the having like a, a, a mac laptop is like the hip thing to have right like right. especially if you're like yeah. an artist or a college yeah. kid or something and that really that one really paved the way because I remember like the first like remember those clamshell um, mm-hmm. uh, clamshell iBook. Oh, Once again, you're getting ahead of yourself. Oh, those please. were so please terrible. Yeah. <laughs> no color, no mention of anything colored. Well, it's funny that the the see here's the thing is like the <laughs> no iMac, neon products until we get to the worst five. 
Okay, so our list so far, we have the original Macintosh, which is, you guys probably remember, it's like that rectangle looking Mac, you know, that had the famous picture that with hello being drawn on it. It was built out of Legos. Yeah, it looked kind of Lego-y, had like a three, three and a half inch floppy disk drive. That was the little like waiting, uh, waiting icon that came up on the old, uh, the old mouse. Yeah, it was a little picture of that. Yeah, and it was the first one to have like the kind of uh, the 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 GUI, the graphical user interface. Well, or they did the Lisa. Was the Lisa first? No. Xerox has already had a graphic user. Well, yeah, Xerox actually like invented the technology, but they were dumb enough to let um, uh, Mac uh, steal it, and then also, and then Mac was dumb enough to let uh, mm-hmm. Microsoft go to market with with Windows before they went to market with their GUI. Yeah. So it's really an example of just everyone stealing from each other at different times. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't think you know that the, orig- the original Macintosh was a was a milestone. And the iPod definitely changed the face of mm-hmm. um, you know Apple as far as exposing them to a broader customer base. Yeah. But you know we can't really have a discussion without the iPhone being present. Absolutely. And, and I, you know if we're going to nominate an iPhone model, I'm actually going to nominate the iPhone four yeah. as as I would say the one that I would say is is you know a fundamental thing because I think that the first iPhone was really cool but it had serious limitations because of its ability to process data yeah. over the over the uh, over wireless signals. The iPhone through the iPhone two or whatever the three G um, was and three GS um, were both really solid devices, but you know had the still kind of lacking in form factor, weren't as durable, could crack, you break the plastic yeah. on the back, you know, and and I think the iPhone four and hopefully you know and now the iPhone four S, which I mean is really you know taking it to another level, obviously, yeah. really you know is as just established an entire the definitive cell phone is now. Things that resemble the iPhone. You know, if you look at every phone on the market, you know what I mean? Nobody's doing the little clam folder, stick in your pocket, funny, wheelie, shifty, doo, da, whatever thing anymore. Every phone looks like a flat slate, is black, and has a button. Yeah. And that's it. And it's like they all look like Apple devices. It's just a question of, yeah, do you want that with like a little texture on the side? But uh, I've never been a fan of the little texture keypad. Like, I don't really give a shit about having a QWERTY. It's just like an extra thing on your phone. Even the QWERTYs, like, you know, even the QWERTYs are disappearing. Rapidly, mm-hmm. rapidly disappearing. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think that it's, it, you know, when you talk about devices that define an entire market category, mm-hmm. when you talk about Apple releasing a product that within four, within th- four product cycles, three mm-hmm. product cycles in reality, that it has, def- it has taken over the market, defined the market, Mm-hmm. And and change the direction of all their competitors. That is a landmark product. Yeah. I mean, that is a really uh, mm-hmm. a fundamental shift, you know, yeah. in the direction of, of consumer design. Yeah, you know, it's interesting as we're compiling this list. Um, the next one I, I feel like I want to nominate is just basically making this a list of well, everything that Apple, every type of device that they've had. Because the next one I'm going to introduce is the iMac, which really brought Mac back from. Uh, an early grave almost um, after Steve got Steve Jobs got you know uh, fired essentially as CEO um, or I'm sorry fired by the CEO um, the guy from Pepsi Cola John Scully um, the the Macintosh Apple as a computer product was falling behind like the PC um, market and uh, Steve Jobs went off to create Next and then Next got bought out by Mac and he came back. And um, they released the iMac, and the first iteration of the iMac was, of course, those uh, weird multicolored ones. Um, but got it back on, on track and kind of got an affordable, usable computer into you know, millions of homes and millions of classrooms. But, so I'm going to put that on the list. But now we see on this list, we basically have like, oh, you know, the phone, mm-hmm. the laptop, the computer, 
And you know, I'm also going to want to put the you iPad think on the latest. The original iPad, because they didn't sell millions of the first generation of iPad, but as soon as they started to expand the color selection stuff, yeah. Really but I mean, I don't think that original. I had two. I'll let you know that I I individually had two different yeah colored iMacs as well as a clamshell iBook. Yeah. So we're getting ahead of ourselves again. Yeah. But I, anyway, I don't I don't think that I don't they think were... those ones very good. I would say that the best iMac still to this day from a from a really elegant different kind of form factor was the the lamp, lamp stand yeah. iMac that originally came out in like early two thousand three or sorry late two thousand three or early two thousand four whatever. And that thing, you know, went through a few iterations. It, it had to be changed because they couldn't keep making the screens bigger. Yeah. But it was, you know, such a cool design, you know, with the ability to move the screen around and, and, and the form of it. You know, it just, it felt very alive. It, it had a beautiful factor about it. And it just had so, such functionality. Yeah. That computer was just a breakthrough. I mean, like, you look at that and you put it next to any PC on the market at that point, And it just... Like looked like an alien had dropped off this technology and and, and you know and yeah. you, you know and left it somewhere in a parking lot. I mean, it, it just didn't, it didn't even make sense. Well, gentlemen, I think we have our top five. Uh, not in any particular order, but I think we have the iMac, and I definitely go for your nomination of that lamp kind of Pixar looking version as the one we're going with. Um, the iPhone, and I think we've decided that the four is probably the best design out of those. Um, the uh, what was that the the laptop we had on there? The, it was the PowerBook. The PowerBook. Power the Black PowerBook. Um, we had the Macintosh. And uh, then we had, did, did I already the say iPod. iPod? And then the iPod. So I think that's our, our list of the top five uh, Apple designs. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right. We'll be right back on Morning Handsome. We are the Magnificent Three, the Handsome Trio. That's right. We are Team Handsome, and you're listening to us on MorningHandsome.com. So now it's time for a very special uh, segment here on the show that we call Trivials. Three trying trivials for our uh, co-host today about things in this world. The three categories of these trivials are sporting, something related to the sporting world, historical, something related to matters of historical record, and of course, popular, things concerning matters which are popular, also known as popular culture. This first trivial is, who was the first person to be declared the world's strongest man? Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a, an obvious answer. Mm -hmm. Samson. Samson? Yep. Okay. All right. We have our answer from uh, Caleb Hoffert, Samson. And, um, because he came before Hercules. Right. Yeah. He did. He did become, yeah. come before Hercules. Um, Who was second. Right. Um, keep in mind that the World's Strongest Man competition did not begin until 1977. Oh, you wanted real people. Oh, yes. oh, 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 oh. well, that's a, that's a whole there is other an answer. story. There is an answer. So, yeah, to clarify, there is a World's Strongest Man competition that was started in 1977. Who was the first winner of this competition and therefore the first man to be declared the world's strongest man what officially? Year, what year did it start? 1977. He was also the second world's strongest man in 1978. Um, Hondro, do you have an answer? Who is David Hasselhoff? Mm. I'm sorry that uh, both those answers are incorrect. Um, Who is Lou Ferrigno? 
Um, he is the guy who played the Hulk. Damn it. Um, <laughs> so uh, the I didn't know this either until I looked it up. See, this is I'm doing this segment because I want to learn more about sports. I feel like we, I'm, I'm a nerd, not a jock, and I want to learn more about sports. So each week, I'm going to teach myself a new fact about sport. Which is exactly how a nerd would learn about sports. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Having a podcast I mean, trivia segment. I mean, really, you couldn't be starting from a stupider area. Yeah. Like, world's strongest man in 1977. These are the kind of sports facts I'm yeah. going to put into my head. When somebody brings up, like, hey, what do you think of the what do you think of the Tigers last night, huh? And they're like, and you're like, do you know who the world's strongest man was in 1977 and 78? I guess a better way maybe to learn about sports would be go outside, do a sport, or perhaps watch a sport. Uh, but um, if someone, yeah, okay. So, well, to get to the to get to the facts at hand, Bruce Wilhelm, born 1945, uh, was a weightlifter and strongman um, who was declared the world's strongest man in the first and second world's strongest man competitions in 1978 and 1977, irrespectfully. That means backwards. Um, he also wrote a whole bunch of books about how to be strong. I bet those books probably said, like, lift weights and yeah. eat food. It just says lift weights over and over and over again. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah let's, write, let's get that out of the, uh, the library. Okay. So, the second trivial is historical. Who was the last... U.S. president to have facial hair while in office. I'm going to go with Grover Cleveland. Grover Cleveland, we have our answer. Mm. From Caleb Hofford. Grover Cleveland was elected president in 1888 and 1892. I just pulled up a list of presidents so I could even think about it. Okay. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt um, became president in uh, 1896. Um, when William McKinley was uh, no, he was killed. He was became president in 1901, rather when uh, William McKinley was killed at the Pan American Exposition in Buffalo. I wanted to say Cleveland, but I'm going to go with uh, uh, I'm going to go with Taft. Mm. Correct. The last ah. man to win the presidency with facial hair was William Howard Taft, and um, that was the 1908 election, and he ran against a Democratic opponent, William Jennings Bryan. We all, we all know who went on to become uh, a very famous anchorman. Yes, he did. <laughs> also, that monkey trial had something to do with him too. In San Diego. Um, <laughs> but this is so the, the, the website that I had uh, this these facts from. It, the next thing it said was nineteen twelve. The nineteen twelve election marked the first real defeat for facial hair since eighteen fifty six. Dwayne the Rock Jackson. <laughs> Um, so I, I suggest that anyone interested in beards and presidents and facial hair presidents should go to uh, uh, Nicholas White with a Y uh, dot info slash presbeards.htm and you'll find a really great article about presidential I, beards. I guess you would call that presidential facial hair story. Mm. Yeah. Oh. So your last question you had was, and I, I already know the answer, so I want to ask Caleb. Um, okay. But okay. which of these people has not won an Oscar? Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, Walter Matthau, or Cher? <laughs> it's just fun saying that question. It is. Um, so I, I want to say Walter Matthau, but I'm afraid that I'd be wrong if I did. First, repeat the question to yourself. Okay. Which of these people has not won an Oscar? Oh, to yourself. Oh, yeah. Which of these people has not won an Oscar? Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, 
Walter Matthau, or Cher. I love the sound of your inner monologue. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say it too, because um, it's, it's such a fun question. Which of these people <laughs> has not won an Oscar? Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, Walter Matthau, or Cher? All right, well, um, what's your answer? All right, um, I'm going to go with... Mm, I'm I'm trying to go between Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant. I know Cher did. You're um, warm. You're warm. Come on, just, just yeah. so warm. So I'm just gonna pick one. Um, I'm gonna go with Cary. You are. You are 100 correct. Yes. Which means that Team Handsome wins this week's trivia <laughs> against the, itself. So so I agree with that, but I'm pretty sure that Cary Grant was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Oscar. Oh, was he? Mm. Okay. I'm pretty sure he was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Oscar, which I don't think really counts. It's not an Oscar for any specific yeah. movie. It's yeah. just like, hey, this guy has like taken a shower in his clothing. And like, you know, we should give him an Oscar. Really, he's an amazing actor. Yeah. But no, hasn't seen somebody movie. give this man an Oscar! I took a shower with my suit pants on. I think I should get an Oscar. It was very dramatic. <laughs> very dramatic indeed. All right, that's this week's Trivials. Uh, to remind everybody, uh, Bruce Wilhelm was the first person to be officially declared world's strongest man. No relation to Kaiser Wilhelm. No But he relation. was the father of Bruce Banner. He was the father of Bruce Banner and Bruce Wayne. That, <laughs> Both of whom him. super strong guys. Both of whom took his first name instead of his last name. <laughs> well, that's just like the Sheens. I mean, you know, it's the twin, they're like twin sons of Rome, you know, and they, they have to go their own way. Make their own. They only get a first name. Speaking of Sheen's not being named after Sheen, and that means Emilio Estevez, we saw the Breakfast Fight Club oh, yeah, this yeah, weekend, yeah. Caleb and I, um, which is a comedy. We were going to have the the people in the in the show be here on Morning Handsome, but then we realized that we like ourselves better than them. Yeah, and we're also lazy fucks. And we're also lazy fucks. And, like, you know, I, I really only wanted to plug in three microphones today. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we uh, we uh, went and saw the show, and then we hung out with the cast afterwards. We hung out with Tyler Durden, mm-hmm. uh, who was played by a guy. Yep, um, and he had, was wearing his costume. He was wearing costume. We were like literally like in this <laughs> this bar in the Mission Service. Just like hanging out with Tyler Durden and <laughs> the girl who eats her own um, dandruff you mean <laughs> from the you Breakfast were Club. Out, you were hanging out with Tyler Durden in person. Yes. yes, I was hanging out with the character. Not I, the I think, yeah, I don't think there's any way to actually hang out with Tyler Durden save not sleeping for a year and going <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, exactly. We've just lost cabin breath. Well, if you can catch <laughs> enough dreams. <laughs> but it was I weird because they will coalesce into Tyler Durden. Well, distilled dream, with enough distilled dream, one could create Ty- Tyler Durden. That sound, tell me that doesn't sound like a fragrance. Distilled dream by Calvin Klein. And Tyler Durden. <laughs> Distilled dreams of Tyler Durden by Calvin Klein. You're real clever. How's that working out for you, being clever? Terribly. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what Edward Norton's character wanted to say. Like, quite frankly, it's going very poorly. <laughs> then and the movie's over. Done. Yeah, yeah I, I should probably go to therapy. Yeah, okay. Done. Good. So there's one thing. Um, so uh, something uh, we're about to wrap up. We've got a few more minutes left in the show today, but... Um, one of the, the, I think it might be the number one movie in, in America right now is this like robot fighting movie that oh, Hugh Jackman is in. Yes, Hugh Jackman versus robots. Okay, so that brings us to this week's. Um, I haven't seen the movie yet, so I don't really have much to say about it, other than the fact that it looks like a stupid movie. Um, Wolverine versus the Terminator. That I mean, is that this is week's versus is Wolverine versus the Terminator. Every week here on Morning mm. Handsome, we take two fictional oh, characters tough. and decide who would win in a fight to the death. This week's selection is Wolverine versus Terminator. Which Terminator model? 
This is the uh, the original Terminator T-1000, oh, okay. I guess it is, okay, from yes. the first Terminator. Um, and so it's very interesting because they, they both have uh, metal skeletons. Mm-hmm. Um, one made of anamantian, the other made of whatever metal Skynet elected to use when they were building the T-1000 model. Um, and we both know that the, the, those metals are, are pretty indestructible. It's hard to, to destroy them. Although, I must say, I think Wolverine has the upper hand because we've seen the Terminator die. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say. Mm-hmm. But, I'm gonna have to go with Wolverine. Yeah, we don't even, that. yeah, we don't even know if Wolverine can die technically. But, I, but I think that you know, I, I think the clear winner here is Wolverine. But in a different kind of contest that is quite related, in Hugh Jackman versus Robots, <laughs> I think we have a real conflict. Absolutely. for the ages. Yeah. yeah. Um. Th- th- so I don't. I have not seen this film, but I did see Hugh Jackman on The Daily Show, and and he he described pretty much the entire plot in eight years. Robot fighting is the dominant sport. Oh, and these <laughs> It already is a sport. I mean we already do have like robot wars here on like on No no that's called Rock'em Sock'em robots. It's a whole different situation. You're right. Yeah, so these are actual Rock'em Sock these are actual human size or like giant human looking robots that are controlled by a person standing near them making boxing motions. Oh and and as they duke it out. What's the thing with uh, with movies just being like, hey, we're going to make a movie where people play video games in a, in a different way? I did like, like the that's movie That's all it Gamer. is. Avatar, playing a video game. Real Steel, playing a video game. Gamer, playing Gamer. a video game. <laughs> Although I really like the game, the movie Gamer. It would be a dumb game, but it was a good movie. You know, they're just, they know their audience. They know their target. Yeah, yeah, you know, true. it's like, who's going that's to movies? True. People that play video games. <laughs> Not us. We'd rather just sit around and record a podcast about how much we don't like movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can get nerds to take their girlfriends. The girlfriends will watch Hugh Jackman, and they will watch robots fight. Yeah. <laughs> they will. Yeah, girls will watch Hugh Jackman in uh, a wife beater, and boys will watch uh, animated robots hit each other. Oddly enough, this makes both of them horny, so it's a great day movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think Wolverine would take down Terminator. But here's yeah. the here's the broader yeah. question. So, like, Wolverine can't... Re- they're both metal, but Wolverine can't really die because, like, he's got this... He can regenerate himself. That's his mutant power. And then he's also got this Animanthian steel. However, Terminator can't die either because you can always just send another Terminator from the future into the past to, to get Wolverine. So that's a kind of, like, a broader philosophical question. But- it's like, what do I mean versus Wolverine versus Terminator? Do I mean Wolverine versus A21000 robot or Wolverine versus the fact that there are Terminators in the world? Man, I, I think I think if we had Wolverine um, when we were fighting Skynet, mm-hmm. it, he would Skynet wouldn't have had a chance. I mean, think about it. He's got those claws. I think the real question is, how easily does his claws do his claws uh, slice through a T1000? Yeah, I mean, that's no, really what the versus is about. That's your, really why we your, have this your point was was far more had far more depth to it because the idea that, you know, Terminators are he are after Wolverine, mm-hmm. but Termin- but Wolverine will. Supp- I believe that Wolverine Wolver- will. Wolverine live. Connor. I, mean, I think I'm sure. he will. He will live well into like the Skynet War. So like Logan the Connor. continuity of the Terminator universe. If we assume that that is in the same continuity as the X Men universe, that means that all the other X Men yeah. will probably be, be dead, but Wolverine will still be alive fighting except alongside John Connor. Except for the Phoenix. Until, except for the Phoenix. until he sends a Terminator back. To kill his father. Which makes sense because, um, you know, Wolverine has a history of fighting in our wars. Yes. Mm. It's true. That, that is, is my favorite right. montage that of is, those films. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, the movie Wolverine and the movie Watchmen both get major kudos for having great opening sequences and then disappointing after opening sequences. <laughs> also known as the movie. Montage. Man, you made a great five minute movie there, man. <laughs> yeah. Too bad that was another two hours or more after it. You know, you had me for about three minutes after the credits. So I think And then that- you all started talking. I think that Wolverine... Oh, dude. Oh, what if Wolverine like hooked up with like Sarakana? Sarakana, you've hooked what up if, with Wolverine. What if an alien came and made a Wolverine-based alien? Oh. What if whoa. another alien yeah. came and ate the alien that <laughs> made the Wolverine-based baby, and then ant people came up from the ground? But what, what if coffee alien... beans came from baby Jesus' first poop? But the thing is, yeah, sweet infant, darling baby Jesus, but wait, swaddling in your own coffee-flavored, smelling ripe. Jesus' first miracle. How could how could an alien puncture itself out of Wolverine's skeleton though? Because that's the thing is like mm. an alien has to comes out of his stomach. But I don't, oh, it does. There's there's no there's no nothing covering the stomach. Oh, you're right. But normally mm-hmm. they do come out of the sternum. That's right. true. Okay. okay. Maybe it would like try and come out of the sternum and then just like burrow its way down. I mean, I, I, I feel I, like I it would find Wolverine it. Wolverine would stab himself to kill it. Like he would pull but, out his claws, stab his own self, and be like, "That would be awesome." And then he'd like eat it under a bridge, like over like a propane stove. Because <laughs> now he's he a troll. Have, he doesn't have anybody. He doesn't have any pals. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't need them. <laughs> he doesn't need pals. I can't help but picturing like the Hugh Jackman Wolverine, and then the alien coming out of it. And then I think it'd be more like the alien from Spaceballs, where it starts singing like, "Hello, hello my honey, hello my honey." But it'd do it in an Australian <laughs> accent. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's actually really good, strong uh, singing, yeah. song and dance man. Exactly. Well, I mean, he's literally a triple threat. He can sing, he can dance, and he has adamantium steel uh, uh, skeleton. And he's got giant blades that come out of his hands. And your girlfriends and wives all want to do him. So watch out. But it's okay because so do you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like like most of of us guys, like we wouldn't hook up with Hugh Jackman because like we want to hook up with guys. We'd hook up with Hugh Jackman just because we could like say to to impress girls like, hey, I fucked Hugh Jackman. And then those girls want to fuck us. I I went gay. I I bent over for Hugh Jackman. (laughs) I'd wear it on a t-shirt when I go out. To our credit, he didn't really ask. He just kind of went for it. <laughs> and and who can say no to Hugh Jackman anyway? And that, gentlemen, is real steel. Really? <laughs> <laughs> we had real steel inside of me that night. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had a lot of fun here at Handsome Headquarters this week. And uh, we'll see you next... Actually, we won't be seeing you next week. Uh, We'll be on uh, vacation next week for the wedding of our old pal, Dale Durham. It's marrying a great lady named Chelsea, so all the love in the world to them. And we'll see you the following week here on MorningHandsome.com. 